Blog Talk Radio. If it's smooth jazz, then the jazz queen is talking about it on Talking Smooth Jazz. Your place for all things smooth. With the smoothest show on the internet radio, your host, the jazz queen. Hello and welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. My name is Terry, a.k.a. The Jazz Queen. I'm also joined by Mike Reynolds. Hey, Mike, how are you? Hey, Terry, how's it going tonight? Good, good. It's oh, on. my goodness, yes, it has, yes. Been, been, yeah. been a while, been a while. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. all right. So if you would like to join us in the chat room, please visit TalkingSmoothJazz.com. Click on Listen Live under Mark Hoyle's picture, and that will bring you into the chat room. The phone number is 646-716-5485, 646-716-5485. I am happy to have back my guest this evening, saxophonist Marcus Marcus, Mark Hoyles Jordan. He has a brand new CD called Intention and Purpose. This is his sophomore album and the next significant step in his journey of being an independent solo recording and tour artist. Mark Hoyle, Mark Hoyle, welcome back. <laughs> hey, what's up, Jazz Queen? I'm going to let you slide on that Marcus, man. But, you know, we good. We good. You know, cause if you were thinking about Marcus Anderson, that's cool. Shout out to Marcus. What's up, boys? Anyway, hey, Terry, how you doing? How you doing? You know I love you, Marquell. Come on now. <laughs> right. Right. What's up, Mike? How you doing, brother? What's up, Marquell? What's going on, brother? Oh, not much, man. It's just good to, good to be here. Good to, good to be on radio with y'all again, man. It's, just, it's been a minute, so I'm glad to be on. The hand. Well, we're happy to have you back, and I have a phone call already, so let me take this call. Area code 206, welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. Hello, my queen. Hi. It's Sharon. Hi, Hi, Marquel. What's up? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing good, sweetheart. Everything all right up there? Yeah, we finally got rid of all that dang snow. It was crazy. We're just talking about snow. It, yeah, it was it was yeah. crazy. Shut this city down, man. Wow, mm. wow. And wow, I I got tough. my CD today, but I haven't had a chance to listen to it. But thank you okay. for autographing it for me. So I'm gonna listen while everybody else listens and throw in a comment or two when I'm asked. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I appreciate that, Karen. Thank you for All your right. support. I really appreciate you. Oh, Marquel, you I'm like here, you know I love you. You know I love you. Yeah, I gotta support you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So Sharon, you gonna hang on you gonna hang on during the interview? I, I'm you're stuck with me for the hour, girl. All right. <laughs> Glad to have you. Thanks for calling in. Great. Okay. Oh, you're well I wouldn't now. miss this for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Marquel, the first thing I wanna start yeah. with, um, so for 10 years, we all know that you were a saxophonist and vocalist in Brian Culberson's band, and last year uh-huh. you decided to go solo. So what prompted that decision, and how has it been since you have become a solo artist? Um, the decision, it wasn't something that was uh, like a fly-by-night decision. It was definitely something that I thought about and have been contemplating um, prior to me actually talking to Brian about it. You know, um, the, uh, the blessing about about getting the gig with Brian and being exposed to a national art, uh, artist, a national recording artist and a national touring artist, is that you get to see how everything works. You know, you get to see things from behind the scenes. You get to see how the bands are put together. You get to know... Um, the musicians that are on the circuit, you get to know sounding on the circuit, you get to know different promoters here and there, you meet some booking agents, you, you and, and most of all, you meet fans. You meet fans and people that become friends and like family, you know, especially as much as Brian Culberson works. So, mm. you know, I would even say I had the idea of wanting to do something on my own for a while, probably even before I got the Brian Culberson gig, but 
while in the band, I, I would say maybe around the fourth year or so, I started really seriously thinking about um, wanting to do my own thing. And that's when I really started working on my first record. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So I was able, you know, to work on it and um, and, and also be in Brian's band and, 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 and support my record at the same time. But it's kind of the law of diminishing returns because Brian's schedule is so busy. And, you know, the last couple of years that I worked with him, we did two major, like, you know, from the West Coast to the East Coast bus tours um, in the midst of also making a record together and then doing a DVD on the last tour, which just came out. Like, it it became really intensive, and it took me away from being able to work on my second CD. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, because this was something that I really wanted to actually work on sooner than, than wound up happening. It's like five years between these two releases. But most of that is because I was busy with Brian, and I just realized that over time, if I'm going to really do this, I got to really put myself first and, um, you know, put my focus on recording and, and growing and cultivating as an artist and as a touring artist and to put my band together and doing my shows, and, you know, going out and making fans, you know, new fans or the same fans, but fans that would be under my name. So it was just, it just was something that organically happened and it felt like it was time. It was just time to do it. So now, even though you knew that this is what you wanted to do and you felt like it was time for you to do it, was there some fear in actually stepping out on faith and doing it? Um, I don't think you can make a big step without having some kind of concern. Um, you know, and fear is such a dangerous slash powerful word. I don't want to say that I had fear, but... Um, but definitely anxiety about it, yeah, um, yeah, you know, because yeah. you, just, you don't know how it's going to go, you know, you, and, and this is still brand new. I don't, I have no idea how it's going to go. First, um, you know, at this point, like the feedback and the record's only been out for two weeks. Um, the feedback that I've gotten so far is great. Um, the response that I've gotten from radio in the early stages is really good too. So, you know, it's just um, you got to have a bigger desire to do it than a bigger fear to not do it. Or if you're afraid, you just got to do it afraid. So that's pretty much what it is. And you know, and I'm I'm not I'm not a spring chicken, so I, <laughs> that, that also is a motivation too. Like you know, I got to get to this when I feel energetic enough to do it and, and when I have the yeah. motivation to really want to do it. So, I mean, that, yeah. that also plays yeah. into it as well. Well, you know, I asked that because you were coming from, um, you know, you were playing in a band, kind of coming, not having to really be responsible for, you know, the music and all of that. You had a support group there uh, with Brian and his band, but when you step out as a solo artist, it's all on you. Everything right. is on you, right. you know. So that's why I asked if there was some type of fear um, in doing that. You know, and that's 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 definitely um, a very good point. Um, what I will say that I learned well, two things. One. You know, just like most musicians, most uh, side men that you will ever meet, you know, if you go back to their local town, they're doing some of everything locally to make mm-hmm. ends meet. You know, like the touring, as much as we worked with Brian, and he's again is one of the top draws in the in the in the genre, and um, we work a lot, and you know, he's one of the few artists that brings out his band on every show. Like some guys use regional bands because it's more affordable. But he flew us in, we did every show. So with that even still, you know, there's still a lot of lag time during the week or, you know, like we might be off for a month here or there or like this time of year. Um, it definitely slows down. So locally I've been doing I've run my run my own bands in Chicago 
I've been responsible for music. I've cut checks. You know, I've been a part of other bands as well doing that here in town. And that's pretty much what my life was like um, for the first 13 or 14 years that I lived in Chicago prior to uh, meeting Brian. So I'm prepared for it. And the other part of it is you learn a lot by watching. And I learned a whole lot of watching Brian. You know, I've, I've seen him when we've all been exhausted flying in early in the morning and, you know, we got to get ready. Like we're chilling in the hotel going to sleep and he's doing like a radio show or a TV performance. So going to a school to do something with kids, you know, we're trying to sneak in a couple hours of a nap before a sound check. And then we do sound check. And then, you know, you got to be on point for the show, no matter how, how you feel. And, and you have to be gracious to, your fans because they don't care that we flew in at like six in the morning. Like they, you know, <laughs> you bought a ticket. You want to see what you want to see. So, yeah, you know, it's, yeah. It's all those things that you that you get a chance to see close up, and you just you learn it, you know. And it and it's it's common sense stuff. It's really not things that are outside of your spectrum of understanding, but you still have to see it in action. Like you still have to see. Well, man, I know he's tired. How does he navigate this? Or, well, yeah. this didn't work well in sound check. Well, how's this going to go? And I think, I mean, the pressure comes in. You know, you just have to deliver. Despite all of that, you have to deliver. But honestly, that's the best part of your day when you're on stage. You know, when I'm on stage, yeah. that's when, you know, no matter what's happening, I can, you know, either the crowd's energy or adrenaline or the desire to really want to put on a kick-ass show, you know, then you just, you get up there and you do it. And, you know, that makes all the other 95% that you have to deal with that doesn't have much to do with music, that makes that part all worthwhile when you're, you know, when you're on the bandstand and, and, you, and you're doing it. So, I mean, I'm ready for it. And, you know, I'm sure I'm going to make some mistakes along the way. And, um, you know, I've already learned a lot from the first release to this one. And, I'm, you know, I've gotten out of the blocks a lot better on this release. But still, there's some things that aren't completely right yet. You know, I'm still waiting for things to get to all the digital platforms. And um, But the record's still out, and it's getting played on the radio. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Now, okay. now, can I ask you- Quick question. Sorry, you got me off mute? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. I wanted to ask you, Mark Quill, that, you know, during the years that you were with Brian, uh, he featured you uh, quite a bit in within his show. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that that helped you in terms of going forward as being a solo artist? Because some guys have been background guys for many years, too, but when they step out into the front, it's, it's more difficult to them to step out into the forefront versus with you when you were already kind of, kind of there because Brian kind of featured mm-hmm. you a lot during his show. Has that helped you? Absolutely, it definitely helped. Um, you know, and I, I just you know that's why I say you know the universe provides and God doesn't make mistakes because in 2008 when I got a gig with Brian Culbertson, his music did a shift and. You know, it was important for him to obviously have a saxophonist in his band, but whether he knew it or not, um, or whether that was the uh, the decision-making process, he definitely needed a front man to um, do a lot of the singing and be out front. And mm-hmm. my skills just fit perfectly for what, you know, has been going on since 2008 in his band, you know. Um, so... I was in my sweet spot. I was in my comfort zone and it was just a matter of learning how to do that on a big stage, you know, for a show for a ticket paying audience, you know, people paying a hundred dollars a show, you know, you, you not like going to a club and people can pay and kind of turn you on and turn you off. But um, I'm going on a tangent, but to answer your question, definitely it made it easier. Um, the one thing, that the Brian Culberson experience afforded me and blessed me with was a lot of exposure. Definitely. You know, oh, and, yeah. you know, yeah. there may, maybe like the first couple of years, people didn't know my name, but by year seven or year eight, they definitely did. Or 
when we were going to tour, they would say, even though I've been singing all that for those years, it's like, I didn't know you sang. And I was like, yeah, I do, you know, or I didn't know you played the saxophone <laughs> like that. Yes, I do, but it's it's because we were going to cities over and over every year and people got a chance to see me grow or they got a chance to see me be uh, featured in, in, in different aspects of each tour, you know, and the consistent thing about it in those 10 years is that I was featured in some capacity on every show in those 10 years. So it was great. It was great. Mm, all right. Um, let me welcome the uh, guests in the chat room. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us. And I also have a phone call. D. Lucas is on the line. Hey, D. Hey, how you doing, Terry? Good. How are you? Hey, I'm, I'm enjoying this uh, this conversation piece here. Uh, what's up, MJ? Mm-hmm. What's up, Fred? What's going on, D? How you doing? Hey man, all is all is good, man. All is good. Yeah, I just want to say, hey man, congr- uh, congratulations on your new record and uh, and on your new journey, man. I'm very proud of you, man. Uh, when I uh, first saw you a couple years back, I said, yeah, he's the guy. It, it's going to be eventually his time to do what he sought out to do. But I just want to encourage you, man, to continue to move forward. And you got some good stuff. Uh, you got what it takes to really. Uh, you know, uh, give the people what they want, man. Uh, I think uh, a combination between vocals and contemporary jazz and all the other stuff that you bring besides just jazz, I think you got some other elements in your music that really needs to be heard. Uh, mm-hmm. I really think uh, you have a lot to offer to uh, today's audience, man. So just continue to push forward, man. Thank you, B. I appreciate it. You know, from one fellow artist to another, that means a lot. Um, and I want to take the time to thank you for looking out for brothers. And, um, you know, we're going to just keep doing what we're doing, man. And, and um, you know, we're here for each other. And, and I think that's one thing that, you know, a lot of people don't really realize is that all of the artists that are in this genre of music, mm-hmm. you know, whether whatever level we're on, we, we all kind of look out for each other. And we all want success for each other. We realize there's room for everybody, and he has done nothing but, you know, but show that, you know, from the moment that we met. So thank you, brother. I really appreciate it. Thank you. No doubt. No doubt. I'm back on mute, and uh, enjoy the rest of the conversation piece. Thanks right, for bro. calling, D. Yep, you bet. All right. So now before we get into some music, I wanted to go back to Sharon to see if she had a question. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I, I have more of a comment for um, Mark Quayle. I, uh-huh. I received um, the the live CD from um, the, the last tour with Brian and the DVD. And um, I was just so amazed at how, what, what you did with the, the, the tenor and the soprano sax that you never really did much with during Brian's shows, but I was just impressed and amazed at your playing skills on those two instruments. You got the sax down like crazy. You got it all down like crazy. But to hear this other side of you on a different instrument, just it just warmed my heart because it's like he's got more wow. talent than I think he really even knows he has. Mm-hmm. You you just killed it on them solos on those songs on that live tour, and I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm just amazed and impressed, and I wish you nothing but the best. You gonna get there, dude, because you're deserving, and you're going about it the right way. In any way, shape, or form that I can help you get a little further, you just let me know. I will definitely do that, Sharon. Thank you. I'm really humbled by that. Because, thank you. And, you know, like I said, you meet people along the way. And, <laughs> excuse me, um, you know, you meet people along the way, and they're fans, but then they turn to family. Sharon's like family. Whenever we come to Seattle, she takes care of us. Like, you know, it, it's it's a beautiful <laughs> thing. And, yeah. you know, it's the last tour was was, was – was great, 
you know, and mm-hmm. it, it definitely exposed me in a way that I had never been exposed before in Brian's band. So it was kind of a good jumping off point, a good send-off into what I'm doing. So it, it just, the timing of it all just kind of worked out really well. You know, we didn't yeah. go yeah. out with as big of a band. And um, Brian was like, hey, do you play soprano? And I was like, yeah, you know, and it's one of the things that I've been wanting to do. But soprano is a scary instrument. Like, when you see people like um, Branford Marcellus, who I think is my favorite soprano saxophone player, or mm-hmm. Tony James, or, or um, you know, Kirk Whalem, guys like that that can play soprano and they get such a pretty sound on it. It's hard mm-hmm. to do and it's very easy to get out of tune. So it's a scary instrument to play. And honestly, doing that tour, uh, doing a Colors of Love tour, helped me become more confident on that instrument, you know, so much so that I was like, yeah, I have to record a song on it. So, like, there's a song on the record that, you know, a couple of them, but one in particular that prominently features soprano saxophone, and, um, you know, it's just all part of the you know. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't don't think you've ever really, had ever really played the, the tenor or soprano sax when you toured with Brian. Other than with well, the color, always, colors of love. Yeah, I've always played tenor. Like that's my main instrument. So whenever you see me play with him, primarily that's that's what you saw. Um, well, yeah, I meant I meant the soprano sax. Yeah, so that's uh, a beautiful yeah. instrument. Yeah, it, it's beautiful when it's played mm-hmm. correctly. <laughs> well, you you played it correctly, honey. Let me tell you that you definitely played it correctly. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and and I want to just uh, throw in it to Marquill real fast. Uh, that not only your singing also sets you apart from a lot of the um, right. other saxophonists out here, you know, because like me and Terry, I was talking about, it's a thousand million saxophonists on the scene right now. But I think that your singing also sets you apart from them as well, because I don't think there's Maybe just what you and Walter Beasley, I think, that are like singer saxophonists mm-hmm. that are kind of yeah. out there. I think right now, yeah. You know, there's yeah. there's plenty more. Um, you know, and now I'm drawing a blank trying to think of it. <laughs> of course, that's what <laughs> always happens. Uh, in particular, and I don't know why I can't think of this this sister's name right now. Um, and you guys will correct me as soon as I tell you who she is. She's from Alabama. Oh, Kill, come on, Jasmine. Really young yeah, Jasmine. 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 Yeah. Yes. She, she plays and sings, man. She is she is the total package. She's amazing at what she does. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I got a cold. I'm trying to get over, y'all. So Uh-oh. bear with me. But um, so you know, I'm I'm trying to keep the youngins off. You know, because these youngins, all the young kids <laughs> now are multi instrumentalists, and they all ah. sing and. You know, it's just like the YouTube generation. They all learn how to play the most difficult passages of music. They learn it from videos. And they mm-hmm. learn multiple instruments from videos. Like with us, when we were coming up, you know, it was like you really played one instrument and you stuck with it. And those guys that played like saxophone and flute and keyboards and bass, they were like completely special. Nowadays, they're normal. Like, we were in London, and um, there's like this 23-year-old kid, and I was—I'll never forget it. We were—we were playing with Brian, and me and Chris Mesco went and hung out with the keyboard player uh, Luke Smith, uh, that was playing with us. He was in the backing band, and we went to this jam session. And uh, there was this one kid that was playing bass. He was probably in his early 20s, and he was absolutely ridiculous, ridiculous. Then. Like we go to the bar, get something to drink, and we come back. And all of a sudden, Luke is talking to us. He's playing keyboards when we walked in. But now there's another guy on the keyboards. I'm like, who is that? This dude is amazing. He's a bass player. And they were like, oh, yeah, he plays trumpet and saxophone, too, and he plays drums. And I was like, like where did they get these guys? What's in the water? <laughs> you know, so mm. the music just keeps going. So for now, while it ain't that many people singing and playing, I got to get mine. <laughs> <laughs> they cover for it. They cover for it. I got, I got to hold them off a little bit longer. 
Uh, you're listening to Talking Smooth Jazz. We are talking to saxophonist Markoel Jordan. His new release is called Intention and Purpose. Uh, welcome Tonda Hill to the chat room. If you would like to call in with a question and or a comment from Markoel, the number is 646-716-5485. I'm going to start with uh, No Pressure, Markoel, and then I'll get into um, the CD itself. Tonda say the CD is smoking hot. Two exclamation points. <laughs> All right. Um, the first song I'm going to play is No Pressure, Markwell. Tell me about this one. Um, that No Pressure is a, a great track produced by the one and only, my man out of Connecticut, Chris Big Dog Davis. And this, this uh, track went through a few permutations before we got it right. Um, you know, and what I really wanted to do once I got – my idea together about how I want to do it because it was going to be a complete vocal at first with some saxophone with a saxophone solo, and then I kind of abandoned that idea, started working on some other music, and then came back to it. And I was like, you know what? I want to do something that is in that traditional smooth jazz vibe, and I want to get my man, the, the, one of the greatest guitar players on the face of the earth, right now on it, and that's Isaiah Sharkey, and that brother's schedule was so ridiculous because he plays with, he played with D'Angelo, he tours with John Mayer, he's done, doing all kind of crazy stuff. Um, so I had to catch him and get him in the studio and and we played our parts together and it worked out and, and, and this is what you have. You got no pressure. No pressure. <laughs>
That was No Pressure from Marquel Jordan's new release, Intention and Purpose. Now, Marquel, I wanted to ask you about the title of the CD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell um, me about that. You know, it, it's for for Catalyst, I had the title of the CD before I had any of the music, and it was exactly the same thing uh, for this record as well. And it just was something, I think I, I came up with the title while I was on tour with Brian for the second punk tour when we did that first extensive bus tour, like in 2016. Like So towards the end of that, I was like, I wanted, that was the title I came up with. And, and basically, it's a new agey slash spiritual way of just saying, just getting your stuff together, really. Like, just to to be fully intent on the direction of my life, what I'm going and what I'm going for and, and how I'm trying to, you know, change my life for what is going to happen next and, and how I affect people. And, and it'd be very deliberate, very purposeful about it, you know. So that's kind of what this record represents, you know. Also, I mean, you know, not just like from the spiritual whole awareness of life standpoint, but also from like a career standpoint, you know, this is, you know, my, my second record. And for a lot of people, it'll be their first time really discovering me. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, now I'm doing this and I don't have like the wings of the mothership, <laughs> you know, to keep me mm-hmm. afloat. So I, I'm very, very thoughtful about the music that's presented on this record. Um, the style different changes, uh, you know, the, the things that are the left curves on the record, you know, or the things that, you know, deliberately well, there was an audience I wanted to reach, you know, I just kind of wanted to be very, very intent and deliberate <laughs> in, in how I presented myself this time, you know, plus I got right. more knowledge on how to do this. And I, that also right. informed, you know, all of this Okay. All right. I have another phone call, but I want to read Tonda's comment um, in the chat room. She says, I agree with the caller, Sharon. I, too, think Marquell is better than he realizes and just a really nice guy to boot. My question, when will you tour with the new CD and in what city will you start? Um, you know, it, it's funny. The word tour is thrown around so um, <laughs> loosely these days. Um, you know, because like the way we use it and the way people look at it now is like anytime that you're performing, you're on tour, which technically yeah. is true. Um, so, you know, I think the first place that I'm going to travel to, I'm, I'm, I don't have my schedule in front of me, but my first official gig gig um, being out on my own was actually this past Saturday. Um, it was a, it was the Valentine's jazz weekend for Smooth Chicago, and I was I opened for Althea Renee, my sister, and my uncle, mm-hmm. and you know we we all call him my play uncle, so Uncle Nick Coleon. That was just the past. Nick, yeah, I'm um, doing the Smooth Jazz Cruise again, uh, which leaves this Saturday coming up, February 23rd. Um, then I've got a show in Chicago, but the first time that I'll be out, um, actually doing a show in Longview, Texas, of um, of all places, on April 26th, and uh, I'll be in Lansing, Michigan in May. Uh, I'll be playing with the brother Lynn Roundtree, uh, May 26th, and uh, I think uh, in San Diego. So dates are getting added as we speak. Um, there's definitely going to be more added, trying to get uh, Atlanta together right now, and uh, in talks uh, possibly to do something in, in D.C. as well. Uh, or the, the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. So the best thing I can say is for the tour, <laughs> for slash performance dates to pop up through the year, um, the best place will be to check social media sites and my website. But, yes, I definitely will be supporting this record for at least a year. Um, okay. Uh, since it's released, yeah. Okay. All right. Caller, area code 313. Welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. Hello. Thank you. Thank you so much. Great, great show so far. Marquell, this is Dawn from Detroit. What's up, Dawn? How you doing? You? I'm good, baby. How are you? 
I'm doing lovely. Doing lovely. Good. Good you as well. I was just listening to that uh, track that was just played, No Pressure. Mm-hmm. As soon as the first couple of notes hit, I'm sitting, I'm in front of the computer dancing my behind off listening to it. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Um, looking forward, yeah, looking forward to seeing you on the road. Um, Got to get Detroit on your calendar as well. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, I've had the great pleasure of working with you before. So what mm-hmm. can we expect differently this time around? Um, I think you're just going to see more of me. Um, it, there's, it, it's funny because coming up, especially in Chicago, once I moved here after I graduated college, you have to wear, and I've worn so many different hats uh, because I do play and I do sing. And, you know, I've lived on the north side of Chicago and lived on the south side of Chicago. Those of you who, are, who have been to Chicago or know Chicago pretty well, knows how segmented the city is. So I've been blessed to be able to basically perform all over with different types of people, different styles of folks, um, and different musicians and different bands over the years. And what that's given me is, you know, some skills to be able to do a bunch of different things. Um, And for a long time, I've been trying to reconcile how do you present that, like, how do I present all of those sides of myself? So what I really want to focus on now is all of that. You know, I think it's a plus. So if you come to a show now and you see me, you might see me on stage rapping at one point or another. Or you might see me on stage, you know, putting my horn down and just really getting down on some Prince-type, James Brown-type stuff. Or you'll see me playing some serious, serious, like, straight-ahead jazz types of things. Like, you know, it's... It's mm-hmm. all evolving, but I think the main thing that I'll say is that you'll see more of me and my personality and my vision coming out um, mm-hmm. in the shows from now until I stop. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, awesome. And now mm-hmm. will you be kind of touring with your band or just different, you know, house bands when you go to the various cities? Um, it depends. Uh, you know, as much as I can get my band to be able to tour and travel, that's that would be the preference, but there are plenty of musicians in Detroit and in the ATL area and in, in pretty much anywhere that we travel, so I'm sure you'll see me with house bands, a lot of house bands, probably starting out initially, you know, and then, you know, as we move and as we grow, you'll, you'll start to see more of my band concept with, with the guys that I make music with here in Chicago, and, and you know, when that day comes that I can do that on a regular basis, that's going to be a beautiful, beautiful thing. Wonderful. All right. Awesome. All right. I am so happy for the new CD. I know I've been bugging you for a while when the next one was coming out. Um, so I will be waiting <laughs> to get. Yep, I'll be waiting to get my copy and looking forward to um, checking you out in Lansing in May. All right. Thank you, Don. Good to hear from you. You as well. Terry, thank you, and you have a wonderful evening. Thank you for calling, Don. Same to you. Thank you. All right. All right. Bye-bye. So, Marquel, Mike mentioned you singing, and you are singing on this CD, and I want to play that song. It's called It's All Up to You. Tell me about this one. Um, This song was a gift from heaven, uh, and I have to shout out two very veteran uh, brothers, in the Chicago area, uh, you know, they're known throughout the world as well. Um, and I'm talking about Vern Allison Jr., who is the son of Vern Allison Sr., who was in the mighty, mighty group at Dells. Uh, Vern Allison Jr. is a songwriter, drummer, keyboardist, just all-around great guy. And, um, you know, he said, man, I have some music for you. You're working on a record. I want to play something for you. And out of the songs that he played, this was one of them. And I was like, yeah, I can, I can hear myself doing this. Like, and it's, it kind of reminds me of like some early nineties R and B type of stuff. And it just was like, like a good vibe for me to be in. So, and, and, and Vern Allison works with uh, another amazing brother by the name of Mike Logan senior. They're a production team. And, and Mike tours with, uh, Currently tours with Boss Gags, he's tours with Staple Singers and Will Downing, and he he was also in Brian 
to have been in like the uh, early nine or mid nineties to like the early two thousand. So he's been around for a long, long time. And these guys just they gave me this wonderful track, added some guitar to it from my man L. A. Williams, and, and this is the one that I put the soprano on. So it's it's a good one. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. All right, it's all up to you. Intention and purpose. You know, Marquel, my favorite song to hear you sing is Skies Wide Open. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you kill that song. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Probably make a, 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 a reappearance on my show. I'd actually, that was one of the things I discussed with Brian, uh, you know, a few months back. So you, you might hear it. You might hear it in the future. Um, 
we'll, we'll see. I'm not going to just say when. Oh, yeah, we definitely going to be playing that. But you'll probably hear it in the picture. So, you know, it's, it's part of okay. my Yes, it is, and you do such a good job on it. Oh, I love that. I love to hear you sing that. Now, um, I wanted to ask you about a couple of things. First, I love this package, uh, or this, uh, I guess I shouldn't call it a package, but you were playing with Lynn and Jeff Bradshaw? Yes, yes. And I love the yeah. combination of the instruments, the saxophone, the trumpet, and the trombone. I re- I told Mike, I said, I love that combo. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, I mean, that's the, the traditional funk horn section. I'm not even really funk horn section. Like, you know, when you start talking about, like, those old sax records, you know, with, with Sam yeah. and Dave and, and Brenning and, and like that was the sound. And all those sections had, they at least had one saxophone, sometimes two. They always had one trumpet and one trombone, you know. And it's just like, you know, really a horn section should probably be about five horns, but you can get away mm-hmm. with three, really make it full if you have a trombone, trumpet, and a saxophone. So, you know, it. it and the thing that I love about the three of us, um, combining forces and, and going out as one team is that we're all very, very soulful players. Um, yeah. You know, we, it's like, we all have different ways of singing through our horns. And, and it's something that most musicians try to do. Most uh, horn players try to do. And, and like the best example I could give, the best examples right off the top of my head is or like, Kenny Garrett or Kirk Whalum or, you know, God rest his soul, Roy Hargrove. Like you, whenever you hear those guys, they play some soul, you know, and, and it comes through. And, you know, I think the three of us together doing that, you know, it's just something different from the other packages that that are out there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we've done a couple of shows and, and it, it was great. I'm sure we will be doing some again. You know, we're working on a few things. Like, it, it with it being February, you know, nothing is complete yet. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, um, I would say within a couple of months, you know, things will start to round out again. And, you know, and there, there, there's a few things on my schedule. But uh, as of yet, I know I have the show that, that Lynn Roundtree, myself, and I think uh, our man David P. Stevens is doing together um, on May 26th. In San Diego, but as of now, we haven't been able to add a uh, add a add a, pa- a show with that package. But it, we will be doing something this year for sure. Okay, okay. When I saw the video of you and Lynn and Jeff, I I said, Mike, I love this. I mean, first of all, it was a really good show. I enjoyed it. But the, just to have those three instruments together, I was like, Mike, I really like that combo. I like that a lot. You guys are really good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, like I said, it, it's something that's that's sellable too. You know, it, it's because it's yeah. different. It's definitely different, so. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, Mike, Sharon, either of you guys have any other questions? Mike, I'll go with you first. Um. Well, I just wanted to add that you know um, a lot of the guys out there know that I, I've um, I'm working with Mark Quell now and has his booking agent and um. One of the reasons why I uh, chose to kind of call uh, Andrea and talk with her and Mark Will about trying to, you know, join their team was because of the fact that he is so soulful. Um, he's different. Uh, I first saw Mark Will as a solo artist when he came here to uh, – Andrea brought him here to um, Maryland, and I went out to support and everything. And, I mean, Mark Will just killed the show. I mean, it was just so soulful, mm-hmm. had that R&B jazz style – you know, in into the show, and it, it it was like, yo, I'm, I left the show with my mouth wide open, and I'm like, yo, this dude is hot. <laughs> and when I found out that he was going solo, I immediately called her like, yo, I gotta work with Marquell. I got, I got, I gotta get with this cat, like, cause you know, all the guys, the younger cats, I think they're the new generation of uh, contemporary of, of of the next generation period coming up. And I think that Marquell uh-huh. has what it takes to be one of those artists that are. Uh, but kind of, you know, uh, go up the ladder and, and, and eventually become, you know, an A-list artist that will get to be like the other guys that are traveling around the country every week, every month, you know, during the summer months. 
he has a mm-hmm. talent. He really does. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. it, man. We, you know, we're going to make some things happen, that's for sure. And and who, who Mike is referring to, and I have to give a shout-out to, is my manager, and that's Andrea Young. She's based in the uh, Maryland area. And, you know, she she believes, you know, and and, um, and she believes, you know, and we're going to really come out here and make some noise, man. I'm just really excited for, for what is to come next. You know, I feel – yeah. You know, I, I feel like, you know, and I've heard a lot of people say it, uh, but I really feel it, you know, and I also said it to myself, but I've heard many people say to me, yeah, this is your time. Whether it was, mm-hmm. you know, somebody like Sharon, who was just on the phone earlier, or like a contemporary, like my man, uh, Eric Darius, you know, and he's like, yeah, this is your time, Quill, this is your time. So I'm excited for for that, you know, and I feel like you know, the way that everything is kind of transpired from the beginning of me being with Brian up until now, it's like I wouldn't have planned it that way. I didn't know that I would be in the band for 10 years, um, and I didn't know that I would get the urge to really, you know, want to take off and leave at a point when Brian is probably, it probably hasn't been more popular, you know, so, but it. It was just time, and it is my time, and I'm really excited about it. I am, too. All right, Sharon, um, do you have a question or a comment before I close the show? Sharon? Did I lose her? Sharon? (laughs) (laughs) But I want to ask you real quick, Marco, before uh, Terry closes the show. Uh, One thing that wasn't Uh, asked, I don't know if Terry asked you earlier, but how did um, you and and Chris Big Dog Davis uh, hook up, and um, how did he become your producer? Um, Vic and Kelly, Vic, I'm sorry. Chris is one of the cats that I work with. I also work with Frank uh, McComb and, and my man, DJ Um And actually, Reggie Foster, a saxophonist out in, in the Gary area out here. But how I met Chris, um, I met him through my good friend and fellow musician, Wayne Bruce, um, on the Capital Jazz okay. Super Cruise. And uh, we were, all of us were in the house band. You know, performing for the artist, and uh, Wayne was just one to really connect the two of us because he thought, you know, he knew that I wanted to get a, uh, my first solo record going, and he knew that um, Chris would be or Big Dog would be great for that. And like Big Dog and me, we just vibed. We just had a good rapport together. And he was like, "Man, just come out to Connecticut, and um, I'll play you <laughs> some stuff, and, and let me know what you think." You know, and went out there and. You know, the songs that he had for me on the first record was Chilling With MJ, uh, Between the Sheets, and the one single that I did have off of Catalyst, which was 2 a.m. So his music is amazing. He's produced for Mesa, Kim Waters, everybody. He's doing a lot of people right now. Like, he's he is going to be the sound of contemporary jazz if he's not already. But he's got a lot of artists. He works with Gerald Albright a lot as well. Tours with Gerald, too. So, you know, I just feel blessed that he sees, you know, my gift and and what he's added to my music has been amazing. He's got four tracks on the new record as well. Actually, the single that's out now is his track, that which is Conversation. Oh, okay. All right, we have about six minutes to go and two more calls. Um, Wanda, hey Wanda, how are you? Hi, Miss Terry, how are you, dear? Good, good. Real quick, because I have another call um, after you in about five minutes before the show ends. All I wanted to say was congratulations, my birthday twin, Markel. Hey, what's going on now? Thank you, thank you. You, you, you have made me proud, dear. That's all I call to say. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it and, and hope to be coming out your way soon. Well, I'll be looking for it. You know how I roll. Yep, that's what's <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you enjoy. You have a good one. Good luck on your your well-abound career. I love it. Oh, my God, I love it. You just, you just really have really made me proud. That's all I got to say. 
Thank you, Wanda. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Well, I appreciate Thank you. Wanda. All right, Miss Terry, I will talk to you later. Have a good one. All right. You too. All right, bye-bye. Area code, six, area code 609, welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. Hey, good evening. Mark Wells is Mike Brown here. Hey, what's going on, man? What's going on? I'm good, brother. I'm good, man. So happy for you. Got my copy today. And I've been sitting here, you know, I'm on on the laptop, man, but that's not cutting it. I got to retreat down to the basement and listen to that in 7.2 surround sound so I can fully appreciate oh, wow. it. But, okay. <laughs> that plus I can kind of crank it up, put a little few extra uh, decibels on there without getting uh, hollered at by, by a crystal. <laughs> so, but that's the plan for the evening. Go down there and enjoy that. I uh, just wanted to tell you congratulations and happy for you. And just like people have been telling you, this is your time, brother. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, brother. Thanks for the support. And uh, man, if Always. we don't make South Avenue, if we don't make South Avenue, we gonna we gonna have to ride up in there, man. I'm telling you, man, because this is this is like ridiculous. I, I'm down there. I was just down there um, to see Keiko last last week. You know, I saw a girl in there, and I'm at to hit him up again, man. I said, "Look, what's the hold up? You know, if you see him, you're going you're going to be out at Burks. I won't be doing Burks, to... man. Uh, but I will catch him. I'll catch him, man. Okay, Gerald is my yeah, man. We'll, we'll, we'll have to we'll, we'll just have the corner, and that's all. <laughs> see, look, he got, we got okay. We got a lot of fans, a lot of folks in Philly. That want to see you, and you know, and you'll 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 make a whole lot of new fans, especially the ones the ones that will remember you from down at uh, Penn's Landing. Oh yeah, absolutely, man! Can't wait okay. to come back down there. Hey Can't man, wait. we'd love to have you. Love to have you. All right, all right, all right. Well, hey, appreciate you. Uh, keep doing what you do, and thanks for having me on. And I'm getting ready to retreat downstairs and <laughs> check out Intention and Purpose. Thank right, you, man. Mike. Right, Take care now. All righty. Have a good All night right. now. Congrats again. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you, brother. All right. Bye-bye. All right, Sharon, you're back. We got less, yeah. We got about three, two minutes. Okay, quick, real quick, two minutes. You have a uh, comment or another question? I just I just have a, a comment for Mark Quayle. I mean, with your voice, you you can and do sing everything. And I think that's what makes you such a unique vocalist and musician because you you do run the gamut of all genres of music that you can sing and play and that's one of one of the key things that, that I love about you is is your vocal abilities and and how you can take a song and make it your own and I appreciate that so much every time I have ever seen you sing and play and I look forward to hopefully you make it up this way
You too, Terry. Love Thank you, girl. All right, bye. Thanks a lot, y'all. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Talking Smooth Jazz. Follow the Jazz Queen on Twitter at jazz underscore queen, on Facebook and Instagram at Talking Smooth Jazz, and visit the website, talkingsmoothjazz.com.